0: Had a new experience yesterday.
1: A very, very new experience. So uh, a little bit of background. So we were um, in our kitchen yesterday. Ellen had filled the one of the the sinks to do like to wash some some hand knit stuff. Cause you know, you gotta hand wash that. You gotta take good care of it. Right, uh, right. All our nice socks and whatnot. <clears throat> uh she stepped out of the room and came back worried that the sink might be overflowing. Only to find that it wasn't It wasn't flowing out over the sink, but rather kind of, like, through it. And that's when we learned that undermount sinks are just glued in place. There's literally nothing else that holds them. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, So, luckily, the whole thing didn't, like, drop out. But, like, there was a a noticeable gap where it was just hanging by some leftover silicon glue. And water was just, like, pouring out through the cabinet down onto the floor. Like okay so we you know we took care of that and emptied everything out and we're like all right uh, we need we need some some more adhesive for this we need to fix this uh so we took a trip to the big box hardware store to what did i do i think i just hit something I'm flailing my arms around here
0: he's <laughs> very this story is very important it, it is. is we've got to flail the arms
1: it is so. We took a trip to the uh, the big box hardware store. We stopped and get some delicious Mexican food on the way because we were both very hungry. It's just you know, it was like you, you do on was, a typical Saturday afternoon. It was an adventure of a day. Ah, uh, so we're walking into the store, and you know how they all have automatic doors at this point, like all
0: of Yeah, them, like,
1: yeah. Uh, and an automatic door will sense when someone is walking through it and will not close on them, right? You you expect In that? That's sure. that's the social contract that an automatic door will open when you approach it and will not close until you are out of range of the sensor. Right. That's what we Uh, all uh, agree to.
0: Yeah. I mean, rule number one of robotics uh, do, you know, robots can't (laughs) harm humans. Therefore the doors. Fucking exactly. Uh,
1: So I walked through side by side with, with Ellen through one of these doors yesterday. uh, Not a care in the world. Not, not thinking that the door is going to close. And yet somehow the door managed to close far enough that I walked straight into it and, like, you know, it luckily didn't hurt badly, but like jarred me to the point where I, like, like, who the fuck hit me just now? I just turned and. <laughs> you screamed. got shoulder checked by a door? <laughs> just turned and yelled at the door, like, what the, are you fucking kidding? <laughs> this, like, older, middle-aged couple behind me just, like, stopped, like, uh,
0: uh.
1: back away.
0: <laughs> oh, we should be careful. They're going to fight. He's going to fight that door. I
1: almost fought the door, Michael. <laughs> I, I caught myself. I stopped myself. I did very well. I was mad um, and I was hurt, but I did not lash out. <laughs>
0: I, you know it's it's the small wins yeah. that really drive you and i think not fighting a door is is a win to be proud of I, uh, that's that's where i think we're at
1: between like i um i have an overreaction to uh physical pain uh we're like you know things that don't hurt at all i will still say ouch too because like my brain right. just reacts like you like you have to react like you can't just let that go. Uh, I remember one time I, you know, spilled a, a coffee in my lap while, while I was in a, in a buddy's car. And I was like, Whoa! like, expect, <laughs> like my brain is telling me like, this is going to burn the shit out of your junk. You need to be screaming right, right now. Yeah. And then I just like, I took a breath and I was like, Oh, actually that wasn't that bad. And then I had to explain to <laughs> this other person why I do that. I don't know why I do that, but I, I do. Um, but between the, like a, a like strong overreaction to minor pain uh, and also just like a really, really bad at dealing with disappointment, uh, but I'm getting better at that. It's like the one of our favorite local coffee shops, the last two times we've been there, a special machine has been broken. The first time, it was like, uh, okay, fine. We don't want anything. And we just both left. Today, it was the same thing again. Alan's like, no, I'll get something else. And I was just like, I will have... Something to eat. I will sit and enjoy that. And then I will leave and I will go get coffee somewhere
0: else. <laughs> and I did. And I was very proud of myself. Kay, I, I need you to know that you are Frank Costanza in the scenario going, Serenity now to every, <laughs> everything that's like a door above me. Serenity now. Or, the coffee machine was Serenity now. Carl Winslow, three,
1: two, one. One, two, three. <laughs> what the heck? is bothering me.
0: <laughs> oh man, that's another good call. Yeah. That's that's what yeah. I hear in my head. <laughs> that's also good. I mean that's also a good like uh anger management uh solution, right? Yeah. I I don't know. Anger uh yes. I <sighs> I I understand this because I get mad at things that don't work exactly the way they're supposed to, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but only inanimate objects. Mm -hmm. Like, if somebody fucks up, I'm just like, oh, man, that's okay. Like, everybody fucks up. Mm -hmm. But, like, if my computer doesn't do the thing that I expect it to do, I'm like, this is the worst fucking thing in the world. Like, everything's terrible. The whole day is ruined because, like, why isn't this just doing exactly what it's supposed to do? Oh, and that's like, I mean, computers are
1: are very literal and like they are supposed to do exactly what they're told
0: consistently like but, in the exact same way every single time the problem with that
1: Michael as as you'll you'll learn over time especially if you ever interact with anyone who writes computer code uh, the problem, I try to not yeah and I don't blame you you're, you're doing it right the problem is that frequently the computer is doing exactly what it was told to do it was just told very wrong <laughs>
0: All right. Yeah. I, you know, it, like, you know, one of the things that's been bothering me the most is my, my bank app oh. sometimes will load very, very slowly, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know? So like I'll be in the midst of like making an impulsive purchase and I'm like waiting for the bank app to load to be like, how stupid of a decision is this? And I'm like, I, uh, uh, and I almost feel like it does it specifically to be like, hey, maybe you, maybe you shouldn't be spending this money right now. <laughs> like, I'm not going to open the app, so you don't know, so you're not going to spend the money, so your account doesn't go negative or something. You know, like, it's, it's my bank app protecting me. Like, it's sentient and being like, hey, man, you don't... You don't have the money to be checking a bank account oh, to see if you could purchase a thing. You just shouldn't be purchasing a thing. Uh, so that's where I think you know it's it, my app is working against me.
1: I love your uh, your, your penchant for uh, assuming positive intent there because <laughs> I hear that and I think no, the app's not loading to ch- stop you from checking your balance so that you will overspend and have to pay the overdraft. <laughs> <drive." laughs> I don't consider myself
0: myself an optimist, uh, but I do uh, consider myself a realist, and uh, I know that I shouldn't be spending money, because I'm like, really, it doesn't matter what my bank account is. Like, my bank account could say, you know, $100 or $1,000, and I know I shouldn't be spending the money anyways, because this is a thing I don't need. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter what it says. I'm still going to do it. It's yeah. just I'm doing it for that extra validation of like, ah, eh, well, it's been a hard week, so I probably deserve this. <laughs> I mean, disclaimer: this is not a paid promotion.
1: Uh, I just bought like five pairs of MeUndies last night. It's oh hilarious. yeah, yeah. Like you know what? I want fun new underwear. Uh, yeah. And I went there. I'm like, oh, they've got they've got Jurassic Park. They have this one has tacos on it. Uh, I don't even I, honestly. I don't even remember which ones I got. I think I got like polar bears going sledding. Sure. Like you, they got just just fun shit. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that was. I mean, I I did the same thing immediately. I checked my bank
0: account first. Uh, this is taking
1: too long. Fuck it, YOLO.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That like that's that's exactly you know that is exactly the the part I shouldn't be doing, and I I do that as well. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, although I will have to say the the last purchase I just made. Um, thank God my daughter doesn't listen to this podcast because it is about a Christmas present for her. Oh yeah. Um, I bought her uh, a hoodie. Um, that the same hoodie that Wednesday wears in the new Netflix series Wednesday um, it's like a very specific hoodie and we found it online and I was like well you know Christmas is coming soon so like you know maybe later maybe you can buy it if you get money for Christmas and then like you know an hour later I went and bought it of for course, her and then I also bought myself a new rice cooker because mine's been kind of acting up so I bought a new but it was a Black Friday deal it was like a hundred dollar rice cooker but I got it for like 35 bucks I mean, and it's really cool practical too, yeah, and it's a steamer too so it has the basket for steaming vegetables which my current rice cooker didn't have Ooh. and i really like that Ooh, so okay yeah so that's uh so those are my two big purchases and they just came today actually which is what delayed us a little bit because it uh-huh. delayed my movie because i had to go down and get the packages gotcha. uh you know because the guy was at the door gotcha. well, and uh come down
1: i mean yeah. you, you could have just missed any chunk of this movie to go get your packages and you would have <laughs> You wouldn't have been any more lost or in the know. Like it just, it's true, it would have I, changed nothing.
0: So I hope that you guys have enjoyed this uh, past ten minutes of our person-to-person talks. Hey, hey. <laughs> and that being said, hello and welcome to the Never
1: End of It Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Fite, and I just re- I'm Caleb High. I just realized I was in the process of taking my hoodie off and like stepping away from the microphone. Like this is terrible timing. Why am I doing this? <laughs> Why am I doing this?
0: <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so we're watching this. So we have no theme this month, right? No. There's not really a theme for this month. It was just a bunch of cool indie films that I thought would be fun to do during December, and then closing in, uh, closing out the month, we're going to be doing an indie Christmas film, um, which stars Robin Williams. Oh, so I'm excited yeah. to uh, talk about that one. But I saw this one and I I saw the the poster and the poster shows the cast, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh shit! Like this is this is a pretty good cast, like in terms of indie films. So I was like, Abby Jacobson love her she's uh, yes. from broad
1: city she's also Bean from disenchantment which i was just yeah. telling ellen earlier that like you know obviously there's a bunch of new and like current stuff uh on there uh right now or upcoming but like i'm tempted to renew again just so i can watch Disenchantment.
0: <laughs> just, yeah i mean wednesday is uh it's worth the money what a great show we talked about that in our bonus episode <laughs> uh yeah, so Abby Jacobson, great. Uh, also in Mitchell vs. the Machines, which was a great movie. Mm. Um Michael Sarah, which like cool. Um, uh, great. Michael Sarah, uh, good choice. Uh Tavi Gavinson, who uh I I recognized her um from things, but I uh she was in the movie Enough Said, uh, which was um that was a good one. That was with uh um, what's his name there? Tony Soprano, James Gandolfini, and uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus is in that. That was a really good movie. Um, but she's she was in a couple other things. She's like in Gossip Girl and uh, some other stuff. So I recognized her. Um, and then uh, outside of that, Philip Baker Hall uh, was also in this, who just died this year, by the yeah. way, uh, just just this past June. Uh, but Philip Baker Hall has been in God, I mean, tons of movies. Yeah. Uh, like he he's been in lots of things, a lot of TV series. Um, you know, he's been around, uh, so I recognized him uh, as well. Uh, but I was like, yeah, whatever. This sounds cool. Uh, so the IMDb description is follows a variety of New York characters as they navigate personal relationships and unexpected problems over the course of one day. So I thought this was going to be one of those like we watch four stories and see how they sort of overlap type thing. Nope. But it is, it is literally just, no, you're just going to watch these people and shit's going to happen. And most of it doesn't matter. And none of it connects. No. And there's that, like, there was a moment where I was like, oh shit, this is where this is going to connect. And it didn't. And I was like, oh, uh, all right, cool. I guess. <laughs> there was like one
1: overlap. But it was, like, really, really loose and, like, very vague. And I left wondering, like, wait, did I miss a super important detail here?
0: Right, right.
1: <laughs> but, like... Yeah. Yeah, so, like, the whole time I was waiting, like, all right, so, like, how do these characters interact? So, like, you know, Michael Sarah, and Abby Jacobson, they're reporters, they're tracking down the story of a uh, possible murder. And then you have, uh, you know, I' and... Forget the the other actor's name. I think it was uh, Olivia Luccardi, Melanie. Yeah, that would have been Melanie.
0: Me- Melanie. Uh, yeah.
1: Who were like, who like you know, best friends in maybe high school, like vaguely. I'm gonna assume.
0: Youth, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. I'm gonna assume high school. Hanging out with boys, and you have Ray who leaked his ex's nudes and is gonna get his legs broken for it, and you've got uh, Benny who's chasing after a record and has like. The, like the one redeeming part of this film, the best fucking chase scene I've ever seen.
0: (laughs) It was the most, like, it was, it was like the least climactic chase scene, but at, but like it resolved in a way where I was like. Okay, cool. Like that was great, but I was just like, "This is like they're this is the most chill like chase scene I have ever seen because they're just casually riding their bikes."
1: So we we should talk about the, that that storyline first because that like I think is the the most interesting. Actually, there is a bit of overlap here too because Benny and Ray are friends, but like their right. stories don't overlap, but like they do.
0: But they do. Yeah. So, and that's about it. Which yeah. is also like they could have it could have overlapped otherwise. But yeah, go on. From
1: what I can tell, Benny Cooper Smith basically just like always plays this same type of like weird New York record collector guy. He's you know, done like five roles and they're basically all that. Uh, Maybe he
0: just is that guy. And everyone's he, like, hey, yo, Benny, be in my movie. And I, I like, think okay. he is, dude. I feel
1: like, like the majority of this film didn't feel like they hired actors. It was just like, you, come be in my movie. And I'm like, yeah. uh sure.
0: What do I do? <laughs> just be yourself. You oh, got it. Just be
1: just be here, man. Just start yeah. just start talking. Like we're not like where, where's the script? We don't have a script. Just start talking. <laughs> <laughs> Something will happen. <laughs> Something'll happen. Uh so Benny's a, a record collector and he he gets a call that uh there's this super rare, uh, like old, old vinyl, like, you know, before they even started doing cover art sort of thing. Uh, you know, that uh A friend of his who runs a a store or an acquaintances or whatever like vetted this guy and said like you know go to him pick this up it'll be worth something you can you can sell it whatever Uh, and so he does right yeah right Um, but then runs into another guy on the way out who is also a collector who was also sent and somehow they they immediately leap to like this guy is a fraud and a thief.
0: (laughs) Well, they find out that the guy doesn't even live at the house that he's been subletting it for the past. So he's basically been like Airbnb-ing it and is just selling this person's record collection (laughs) out from under them while he's there at the house.
1: Which that's hilarious. Like the building super or whatever, like sees them about to break down the door. He's like, I got, I got keys, you know, for emergencies. And like, would you consider me about to break this door down an emergency? Please use (laughs) it. Okay.
0: Okay. Okay. I thought that was pretty great too, because like that scene, he was just like it's it's this door or your you know or this guy's face, like which one? He was like uh, the door, I guess. It opens the door, and you know, and he gets the call, and they're like he he went out the back, and they see him out front getting on his bicycle, and then our uh, bicycle chase. But I also love that Benny is very concerned about this shirt that he's wearing. Yes. That's like a primary uh, source of, you know, he goes and visits his girlfriend first, you know, he gets some, you know, he goes, goes around town and he's wearing this very like colorful, like polka dot shirt. Mm-hmm. And he keeps asking everyone like, Hey, what do you, what do you think of the shirt? Like, what, what do you think of this? Is it good? Do you like it? And everyone's like, yeah, it's an okay shirt. Like it's good. And he's like, I, I don't know. It doesn't feel like it fit me.
1: It's a very Larry David type bit where just like, he can't let it go. Like he's just super obsessed yeah. with this shirt. Uh, but, yes, yeah, so, it like, tracks the, the bogus record collector guy down to his friend's shop and, like, chases him around through it. Like, there's a scene where the, the crook guy is tossing records at him uh, <laughs> and, you know, runs out, gets on his bike, which is across the street. So he's got to unchain it and, like, get on. Benny runs out. He's unchaining his bike and gets on. And they have a slow-motion bicycle chase throughout New York City for, like... Half of this film.
0: <laughs> oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And like, finally, Benny catches the guy, like trying to climb a fence, and just punches him in the gut. And like, oh, that hurt. It was supposed to.
0: <laughs> it was supposed to. Yeah, and he's like, "You're you're a crook. Look, you're a thief. Look, man, I've stolen my fair share of things too, but but, but you know, you don't rat people, people out. It. You're a rat. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and yeah. He's like, give me your wallet. Like, takes back his two hundred dollars. Like, oh, you got a, you got another one hundred and fifty. And the guy's like, please don't. He's like. No, like, i man. really
0: need that and he's like no nah, man i'm taking that <laughs> which i think is great like benny's like no way and then i love that benny in immediately calls his girlfriend is like hey let's go out to dinner like yes. i just made 350 bucks let's go out to dinner
1: He's like, we're at, we're at dinner and then we'll have a party we'll have everybody over i'm getting a new shirt she's like what do you need a new shirt for he's like then he stops and looks in the mirror and he's like maybe i don't maybe this is a good <laughs> shirt after all i'm like
0: what is with the shirt, man? Yeah. I just, it's great because the guy that uh, he, he goes and gets the record from, he asks him like about the shirt and the guy's like, I don't know, man. It seems like kind of a loud shirt and you seem like a very chill guy. Yeah. So like, I don't really think it fits your personality. He's like, but I don't know you. So whatever. I think that's, that's great. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: <laughs> Good old Benny. But, and then uh, yeah.
1: they, they do, like they sit down, they have dinner, they, they profess their love for each other and then they have a party.
0: Yeah, he professes like which is great cuz in the beginning of the movie he meets up with her and her son I would assume is there. Yeah. And you know, he's like you know, are you her are you her boyfriend now and he's like I don't, I don't know, maybe we don't uh, we don't define things. I don't know. And she's like he's like do you love her and he's like Look, man, I can't tell you that because you're the type of guy that's going to go around broadcasting it everywhere. <laughs> I think that was really funny. He's like, "Nah, man, I can't. I can't tell you that." And then later he says, "Like, I got big love for you. I got big Aww. love." It was a very, very
1: sweet moment. Like, this was a, like across the board, just a fucking weird movie. That, like, none of it yeah. made sense. But like, I liked Benny's storyline. It was, it was a fun little interlude. <laughs>
0: Everything, yeah, like all of the storylines in this in this are very slice of life, but it's like a slice of people who are fucking insane life. A slice of fucking, but, like who's in the most. Life? You're right in the most like, you know, uh, chill insanity I have ever seen because everybody's like, man, eh, yeah, I'm fucking crazy, but hey, let's let's chill and be New Yorkers, and it was like you are all fucking crazy in different ways. Like, the only person that seemed any sort of sane in this movie is Abby Jacobson, who plays Mm -hmm. Claire. Mm -hmm. She was the only movie who was like... I, I don't know, man. Like, all of this seems insane right now. <laughs> this is all very strange, and I'm very
1: uncomfortable with it. And
0: I want to get out of all of it. And everyone else is like, what are you talking about? This is complete normal life. And I'm like, hey, you're, you've are you got the right thing, Claire. You're the one. When, like
1: When people don't understand why I'm uncomfortable in New York City, I think from now on I'm just going to make them watch this movie.
0: <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> be like, everybody in New York acts like Every- this movie, and that's why... <laughs> That is why. They're, like, I, there's no
1: in between. They're either this movie or they're the rooftop part of *Cloverfield*.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that is that is a spectrum right there. Uh, yeah. So, so the other part of that story, the only other connection of this movie is uh, Benny's roommate is Ray, mm-hmm. and Ray is clearly depressed. He's you know sitting on the couch, and Benny's you know getting ready to leave for the day, and he's like Ray, like promise me you'll get out of the house, like take a shower, just walk around the block. Like you just, you gotta, you gotta get up, man. Like yeah. you gotta get up and you gotta move around. And he's like, uh, okay. And, uh, you know, so it becomes a whole ordeal. And eventually we see that, uh, uh, Ray does in, in fact get up after a little coaxing again, Benny gives him a call and is like, Hey, go do this. And what we learn is that, uh, Ray was dating this girl and this girl, uh, she, uh, you know, whatever. They they broke up. She slept with somebody else. He found out. Got upset about it. And then went and posted a bunch, had his friend, because he doesn't know how to do internet things, uh, had his friend uh, post a bunch of uh, nudes of her on the internet. So revenge porn, which, by the way, is a federal crime. I'm pretty sure it was in 2017, too, um, but yeah, uh, when this movie was made. So he, he gets those posted. Her brother finds out, goes looking for Ray. You know, Ray eventually hears that the brother's looking for him. You know, the brother calls him, is like, "Look, man, I'm gonna come and smash your face in because, like, you did this to my sister." And Ray's like, "I, I was depressed. I was, I was kind of crazy. I don't know." Uh, well, and so he's
1: also kind of like, "Yeah, but that's fair."
0: <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, I mean, well, you know, all right." So he goes off uh, to his internet friend and is telling his internet friend, like, "Hey." um, Yeah, you know, he's like, uh, you know, hey, uh, I need you, I need you to delete all of those photos. And the internet guy's like, yeah, that's not how this works. Like, I posted them on the website, yeah, but once they go on the website, like they're gonna, they're they're just out in the world. So if somebody downloaded them and reposted them to another site, like this is it, they're they're out there. And he's like, well. Can you know uh I don't know. I was he's like, I told you this like time and time again. I even made you repeat it back to me. Yep, and Ray's like, uh, I, I was I was in a crazy mood. I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't listening. He was like, okay. He's like, well, you know, delete him off at least the main site that we did it from. So he deletes him off the main site. And in this moment, the brothers come. Uh, the guy, the internet guy gives him up. Hilarious. Uh, Is like, yeah, no, he's upstairs uh, for 20 bucks. Uh,
1: just a really terrible friend overall. Like doesn't stop, like doesn't not do this, you know, crime and then sells him out for 20 bucks when, when the consequences come a call on.
0: Yeah, I, which was absolutely great. Uh, so, you know, so his friend makes his, his internet friend makes his 20 bucks. The other two guys uh, take Ray back to their house. And, uh, you know, the first thing that they do is they, uh, they get Ray and they make him take off all his clothes and pose in these crazy, you know, with pro, like a frog plushie and like a lollipop. And they take a bunch of naked photos of him. And they're like, well, we're going to go post these, you know, because like you posted nudes of my sister. So now I'm going to go and post nudes of you you know and this is only sort of even like i'm still gonna you know mess your face up and uh ray ends up talking to his girlfriend and being like you know i'm depressed and this is why i did like ray is is the most like eeyore of dude it's like it's so weird (laughs) He is just always like I don't know It was kind of sad And womp womp (laughs) womp Like if he If he was the sad If the sad trombone sound Was a person It would be Ray Ray.
1: (laughs) The Eeyore is an apt description I I didn't think of that But like you're 100% right It was like
0: Okay Okay Oh bother We're gonna break both your legs Okay All right. Yeah Oh man what a sad sap Uh, Yeah so you know she he's talking to his girlfriend and she's like you know ray like it's okay to cry like and you know in front of me like this is this was part of our issue is that you you know never showed you kept holding back your emotions and you know which you know i gotta be real with you i saw a lot of emotions from ray yeah but it was really just a lot of him being sad (laughs) like that was the emotion i saw the most from ray Mm -hmm, mm uh but you know he he was he was kind of crazy that week he didn't know what he was doing (laughs) he did he did a very bad thing he yes. should go to jail yeah yeah uh but anyway so so that little storyline wraps up and that's another little storyline so the only connection to any other stories is benny lives with ray but that's about it then benny doesn't overlap with anyone else ray doesn't overlap with anyone else and the only way they overlap is because they live together but they don't there's their stories don't even cross each other Mm-mm. really just in the beginning they're they're seen in the apartment together yeah and now we go to the story of Wendy, uh, who is played by Tavi Gevinson, uh, and Wendy and her friend, what is uh, her friend's name again? Mindy? Melanie. Melanie. So Wendy and Melanie are, uh, they're, they're BFFs, right? They hang yeah. out. But Melanie has herself a boyfriend, uh, and, you know, like... Like teenagers uh, are wont to do, they they just kind of want to hang out and make out and just, do other things, right? They're fond of necking.: Sure. I mean, look, man, uh, they're, they're teenagers in love. Yeah. Who am I? Who am I to turn down their fun? You know, it's the typical that's the high school experience, right? Get Why yourself have... a partner and do stuff. Each night, they, they sit and ask the stars above, "Why
1: must they be?" <laughs> Teenagers, teenagers in teenagers love. In
0: love. Uh, there is a, a really good song by the Marvelous Three, um, and it's called "Vampires in Love." Marvelous uh, it's really, really great song. Uh, it's it's off their. Uh, I, I forgot whatever this the album that uh, Freak of the Week was on. Okay, um, the Vampires in Love. Um, you know, now you now you're wide awake and we're wide awake, and I don't think that I'm getting tired anymore. <laughs> uh great line. Vampires in love. Uh I really like that band. I saw them live at K-Rock. Oh, hell yes. Uh yeah, with uh Orgy was the headliner of that one because they that was when Blue Monday yep. was really popular. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I saw the Marvelous Three there, and man, they put on such a great show. He like they were climbed so good. up. He climbed up on the side of the thing and was like playing his guitar off the side of the thing. And the security was like, get the fuck down, you idiot. And it was, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. And Orgy was good too. Yeah. Orgy was good too.
1: Security thinking that they have a chance of telling any artist what to do while on stage. I know, know, right? That was adorable. Not that that they shouldn't listen to you, but just they're not going to. So like, just, I I mean, that's why the venue has liability insurance.
0: Right. And you know what? <laughs> they tried. And I think, you know, you at least tried to do your job. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, somebody doesn't listen, whatever, man, that's on them. Yep. Not you. You you did your half. You did your due diligence. Exactly. And the rock star just went off and did rock star things. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, so so Wendy and Melanie, so there's like this point of contention because Wendy clearly is not interested in in this at all. Like she doesn't seem like she is ready for the boyfriend girlfriend uh thing yet, and it feels like there's a little bit of jealousy where Wendy's jealous of of Melanie's boyfriend because it's you know she feels very third wheelish. Like yeah, you, you which get a valid. lot of that
1: energy because Melanie's just like no no it'll be fine just come hang out and Wendy's like that doesn't sound fun at all to me.
0: Yeah, which she—it doesn't seem like she particularly cares for uh, Melanie's boyfriend. Which after meeting Melanie's boyfriend, I totally get it. Yeah, he was, I think Wendy is is valid. He's kind of a he's kind of a dope. He was a total tool. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's a really good word for it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, eventually, you know, they have this long conversation about, uh, penises and vaginas, uh, you know, where Wendy's like, I think they're both ugly. And Melanie's like, I don't know. I think they're both fine. (laughs) And, you know, you could just tell that like, Wendy's not there yet. Right. Like she's just kind of not feeling that. Uh, and Melanie's like, let's go. Um, so eventually they meet up and, uh, Melanie's boyfriend brings a friend. It's kind of a little bit of a setup. Uh, because she's like, oh, well, if there's another person there, now she's not a third wheel. She can talk to this person. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Wendy kind of gives it a go and, you know, kind of starts to make out with the kid. But then, like, instantly is like, I don't want to do this. Like, it is very. Oh, yeah. It is very clear that she has zero interest in uh, doing this. Like, you, like never has anyone's
1: face been more plain, uh, which, like, that's, like, huge credit to her as an actor, like to see like how much she's like nope nope all done
0: yep yep and she's like Bleh. and the guy's like are you okay and she's like yeah no totally i'm fine and totally into this he's like you look like you're about to cry <laughs> and she's like no, no i am yeah. fine <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so, and eventually they get interrupted, uh, because, you know, uh, Melanie and her boyfriend were off doing it in the, in the bathroom. And then she's like, Hey, we got to go. My mom's coming home soon, which I thought the mom was going to be, uh, either Abby, either Claire, or it was going to be the watch woman. But I was yeah. like, I don't know how that works out because like her husband just died like minutes ago but like, or like a day ago. We don't,
1: we don't ever meet the mom. So like there's, there's no yeah. connection.
0: There's none whatsoever. Yep. Uh, So off they go. uh, And, you know, eventually uh, Wendy and Melanie kind of have it out. And she's like, yeah, I don't want to be here anymore. Like I'm not into this. And and so Melanie's like, fine, just leave. So Wendy leaves and the other boy comes and he's like, Hey, like, let's just hang out you and me. And she's like, yeah, I don't want, I don't want you to be my boyfriend. And he's like, that's fine. I just want to be your friend. Like, I don't care. Like he was very like real and genuine. He seemed, that was a really cool scene too. Like there
1: was like a very, very subtle message in this uh, character pairing about uh, consent and about like, just being like doing things when you're ready.
0: Yeah. And it was, it was really good. And uh, off they go. And then they end up walking by a crime scene, uh, which we later find out. This is, I guess, the only other connection yeah. is that it was a stabbing in Central Park and they end up stumbling across the crowd of people and the police all around it. And uh, that ties into our last story, mm-hmm. uh, which is the story of Claire. Uh, and, uh, Michael Sarah's uh, character, Phil, who are reporters for the New York Post. Uh, no, the New York News. They, they the New are York kind news. of like
1: following around someone from the Post to, uh, like, I don't know if the New York News is a real, uh, news source or not. Sure. Like the, yeah. the Post barely is, if that yeah. gives anyone a, a point of comparison. <laughs>
0: Yeah, especially not in uh, 2017. Right. So, uh, yeah, so so Claire has just started this brand new job uh, as a reporter, and she is following along with Phil, uh, played by Michael Sarah, who is a reporter. And I love that they get into Phil's car, and instantly it's playing, like, metal music. And I was like, hell yeah. Cock killer. Yes. Which I would totally listen to that band. Cock killer. And of course, of course, it's Phil's band, and he plays bass. He plays, because Michael Cera does, in fact, play, which is, I think goes along with your theory that they were just like, hey, come be in this movie. Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay, well, can I talk about my band? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, dude, whatever. That's totally cool. And he's okay. like, oh, okay, cool.
1: I kind of wonder if Cock Killer is actually, like, his real band, even if, like, oh, yeah. even if they're not called Cock Killer, if, like, the music we were hearing was his real band. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And, like, I, there's no fucking trivia or, like, fun facts that I can find about this film. Like, it's maddening because I have so many questions still. <laughs>
0: Well, I gotta tell you, Caleb, I don't think there's any real fun facts about this movie, <laughs> to be
1: <laughs> fair.
0: There are facts about this movie, likely. Uh yeah. So so the whole story with Phil and Claire is they're hot on the trail of uh this this new case, right? So the case is a a very well-to-do woman brings a broken watch into a watch repair guy uh who also there's another little side story where one of the uh the the guys that hangs out at the watch repair shop is talking about how like his life goal was to sleep with someone who had slept with Frank Sinatra. Only to see if he could be better in bed than Frank. And he wasn't. And he wasn't. It really messed him up for a while. For a whole year, he said. It messed him up for a whole year.
1: I just, I kind of think like, buddy, like you set your expectations a little too high and like you, you played yourself on that one.
0: Right. I mean, yeah, you know, this is, this is the equivalent of like, you know, uh, a guy watching like an Olympic runner and being like, I can run that fast. Like, (laughs) no, my dude, like you, you can't, you know, or like, like, you know, watching LeBron James and being like, I could, I could play one-on-one with LeBron. Like, no, my dude, like, I don't know basketball. And even I know that like, you're not going to win against lebron james like no, there's, there's just it. how the, that's just how it'd be no. you know uh but this guy he was really convinced he was going to he was going to outdo frank uh yeah so so the story is uh, this woman's husband died uh it's currently being investigated with the thought of a possible murder or a possible suicide uh but the, the thought is is that it's a suicide she brings his broken wristwatch into this um into the jeweler to mm. get it fixed Claire and Phil are following the story because they think it's a murder and they want to be the ones to bust open this case. Yeah. Basically. And uh,
1: Claire, or not Claire. Uh, Phil is also uh hot on the trail of uh Dead Ass.
0: Dead Ass, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is he is trying really hard to to get with Claire and like for one Claire keeps being like hey, I don't think I like this job. Like, this seems pretty terrible. And he's like, no, 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 you're doing great. Here, go off and, you know, go run in and hear some tips on how to, like, get her to talk. She's and like, she's like, I'm, I'm okay. I'm really
1: uncomfortable with this. He's like, just lean into your instincts. She's like, my instincts are to leave. I'm like, okay, ignore
0: your instincts. <laughs> like, ignore your instinct. That was great, yeah. She's like, my instinct is to, is to quit this job, go home, <laughs> get in my bath, and rethink my life. He's like, okay, okay, don't listen to your instincts. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic.
1: Forget everything I just said. Um, but yeah, so like it's, it's also really, really unclear what his role is because like he's, he's kind of paparazziing around every now and then, but also he's like the one that writes the story later, but like he's making her do all the legwork, even though it is literally her first day on the job. And she's uh, doing terrible. She is absolutely terrible. Like nobody wants to talk to her. And it's just like super awkward. She tries interviewing Jimmy, the, uh, the, the watch repair, the clock repair guy. And he's like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not comfortable talking about any of this. And then she like chases down the, the uh, widow and just like, you, you need to leave me alone go away like i am i am grieving i have lost the person that very very dramatic and like very you know very very suspicious as well oh yeah and of course they're yeah. also like chasing around the, these pair of detectives who are actually working the case and like trying to get information from them uh while trying to dodge the guy from the post
0: yeah i you know so eventually we find out that uh the the wristwatch broke at 8:02 p.m The widow's alibi says that she was at a movie until 8.30, Mm -hmm. and she received a text from her husband that said, I love you, I'm sorry, and that's when she runs home and finds him dead. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the problem is, is that the text text got to her or was sent at 8.30 or something like that, and the time of death was put at 8 o'clock. So she basically, like went home, like, went home, sent the text from his phone, and then said she was coming home from the movie. So, like, she, she messed up her alibi timing, right? Like,
1: The way that, like, at the very, very end, they finally, like, wrap it all up, and they explain it like it's an encyclopedia Brown mystery. Like, if you followed the clues all along, you would have had the answer, too. But, like, they didn't give us any of those clues. There was no clues. We knew her alibi was that she was at a movie during this time, and we knew the watch was broken, but, like, we never saw the time on it. We never, we didn't know anything about the text message, like, like, or, like, any of the times involved, like, he supposedly died at 8.02, and that's when the watch stopped, but the text was sent at 8:10 and there's no way that could possibly have happened and I'm like uh but like i i wanted to believe when they explained it that like that I, that i could have solved the mystery but i don't i don't think i could have
0: uh, yeah i mean you just you didn't get any information that would i mean like i assumed she did it from the get-go only because like it was a very standard like uppity you know white uh you know rich woman officer husband yeah
1: and it's like they they made it pretty clear that she was going to end up being the killer but like gave us no indication why we were supposed to believe that other than like they wrote her as shady
0: Yes. I mean, literally. Yeah. Like she just is a shade, you know, she even says, you know, when at one point Claire like catches her on the street and she's like, Oh, well, you know, I'm very distraught, but I'm not crying because, um, that's just a thing with me is that I don't ever cry and I don't show emotion, but I am filling up with emotion right now, but, uh, you just won't see it because, uh, that's just how I work. Okay. I've got to go by
1: very, very strange dialogue. Uh, so after like, the, the, following all the the right leads and you know breaking the case wide open and the cops make the arrest and whatnot. Uh, Phil and Claire go back to the the, uh, the newspaper office to file the story and like are we gonna get the front page and the we'll call them the editor because we don't know otherwise. Uh, yeah, it's like oh no, someone got stabbed in Central Park, but like again, so that's that's the connection to uh, Wendy and Melanie's story, but like we don't know who sort got of. stabbed. Yeah. The way that, like, you know, Wendy, like, walks away, she's about to get on the train, and then she runs back and sees the blood spot, like, it it seems like she saw someone that she knew there, and we don't right. know what happened to Melanie or her boyfriend, whatever the fuck his name is. Um, we know that it wasn't River, the dude that Wendy was hanging, like, like who was it? Who who got yeah. stabbed? Who? Yeah. I want to know. I want to
0: know what's the point? Tell me who tell me who's getting stabbied here. Um, uh, yeah. so
1: after the you know, you know Claire's like I I'm going to leave. And he's <laughs> like, "But we could we could go to dinner and celebrate." And starts doing the weird awkward Michael Sarah thing and I'm like, "Oh, buddy. Oh. Who told you this was okay?" Um, and it was just She's like I'm going to quit this job and not ever come back and you have fun and he's like why doesn't anyone like me and starts pounding the the desk and she's like you're trying too hard I'm still gonna go
0: It's so freaking weird it's and then so like weird. That was the end of their story. It's just Michael Sarah moping on a desk after like slamming on it because she turned him down, yeah. uh, after knowing him for all of ten minutes, very, <laughs> like maybe three hours.
1: Very, very strangely written film. Yeah, and it's like Dustin, Dustin. What What are you doing, buddy? Like,
0: Dustin guy. Dustin
1: guy. This this Dustin guy over here. He honestly, looking at his IMDb photo, I'm surprised he wasn't in the movie. Uh, he might as well been. He looks like one of his characters.
0: Yeah. So Dustin Guy Defa uh, wrote and directed this movie. This movie was also shot on 16 millimeter, it's like, uh, which I think is pretty interesting. It gave it a, like a really grainy kind of like 70s uh, feel, and like that it did, was it cool. felt like an 80s, like yeah, like a 70s, 80s, like New York, you know, Nora Ephron film almost.
1: Right. Like visually, it was very cool. Like the, the like a
0: Woody Allen movie.
1: Yeah. Um, but just like the story, it just it needed something. Like the the character, like there was some some something there with some of the characters. A couple of the storylines worked, uh, but maybe could have used some expanding. But like as a whole, like it just was very messy and not cohesive.
0: Yeah, yeah. That you know, my big complaint, and you know, and it, it, I don't think. I think if the stories themselves were more engaging, they didn't have to be weirder. Mm-hmm. I just think they had to be more engaging. I yeah. think if they were more engaging, I would have been less upset that they didn't all tie together because I know that that's kind of like the the gimmick, you know. But at the same point, I think if these stories were written exactly as they were, but they did all tie together, yeah, I think I would look on this movie a little more favorably.
1: Yeah, I I hundred percent agree. Either connect them so there's something that like m- like makes sense, like oh this is just a bunch of quirky weirdos that all know each other. This is just like one giant Seinfeld episode or right. just tell four really good unconnected stories. I'm okay with that. But like this sat somewhere in between and didn't do either one particularly well.
0: Yeah. So that is person to person. It came out in 2017 uh, and this movie is streaming on Hulu. So should you watch this movie? I I mean, I think if you like you know that mumblecore indie film uh like you know just slice of life you know hey it's new york like if you if you have a penchant for new york you know type of feel yeah maybe you might like this movie i just don't think it really offered enough to to make me like fully recommend it i think it only fits in a very niche audience and that is people who fucking love New York. Like if you yeah. love New York city, I feel like you're going to like this movie because it's very New York, but at the same point, like it, it felt very detached for me.
1: Yeah. I think it, uh, New York super fans and like film students who are like really just studying the, the technique of it. Absolutely. Um, if anyone else, I, yes for the bicycle chase scene, no for the rest.
0: Yeah. I think I think that's yeah it's, perfect. The bicycle I mean, chasing is is was comedy, and that's the thing. Like I'm not even going to say that this was a bad movie. I just I don't care I, that I watched it. Yeah, no, and that's the thing. Like you know, from a technical <laughs> aspect, great, mm-hmm. great movie mm-hmm. done on 16 mm shot really well. You know, the stories bounced. Back and forth to each other in a good rhythm where mm-hmm. I didn't feel like, oh, wait, I totally forgot about this person. Like, everybody got their right amount of time when they when they needed it, you know, and the stories bounced from one to the other pretty perfectly, where I wasn't like, oh, what the fuck happened to that guy? Right. Um, but it just was there, and it just didn't, like, yeah, all of that was balanced, and the technical side of it was really good, but everything else was like, man, but your story was kind of boring. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I left it. Yep. Yeah, that's it. So, person to person, there it is. Uh, so, if you're the type of person that watches movies after we review them, hey, you know we we told you, but you know as we always say, we're not your dad. You nah. you watch what you want to watch, man. If just, just fucking do it. If you want to see Michael Sarah get shot down for uh, hitting on Abby Jacobson, this is the movie for you. Missed. For for that for that five minute scene.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it is. Slightly less awkward and weird than the other uh recent ish indie uh drama we did with Michael Sarah that came up as a suggestion when this movie finished. Oh, yeah. What was a, that? A crypto le- zoo? Uh
0: Lemon. Oh Lemon, I forgot he was in that one. What a, what a terrible yeah. Oh man, what a yeah, what a dumb movie. Uh yeah, so so there it is. So our next movie, uh, if if I'm I gotta I gotta remember, uh well, I don't need to remember, I can just look at it. You could. Um, but our next movie is Suburban Gothic, which I've actually been wanting to watch for some time. This has Kat Dennings in it. Ooh. And I'm actually excited to watch this and it seems a little it seems fun. Uh we'll see though, you know. Uh it's available on Hulu. Uh, So if you're, uh, you know, if you're looking to watch your next movie, Suburban Gothic is the one uh, that we're going to be recording or that we're going to be reviewing next week. And then on top of that, after the lat for the last one, which actually comes out on Christmas, is A Merry Friggin Christmas, uh, which stars Robin Williams. So pretty excited about that one. Uh, So it should be pretty it should be pretty fun. It's going to be I think it's going to be a fun uh, month. This movie aside. Uh, but we'll see. We'll, we'll find see. out. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, thanks a lot for listening, everyone. If you haven't, uh, hit that subscribe button or follow. Make sure to do so so you're notified whenever we drop brand new episodes, which is every Thursday and every Sunday. Uh, brand new episodes. Thursdays being our bonus episode, talking about what's new in in the, the movie TV world. And uh, on Sunday, when we review a uh, movie that you've likely never heard of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you know, hey, thanks for listening, everyone. We super appreciate it. And as always make sure to share with 100,000 of your closest New York City friends. And if someone has shared with you
1: an exclusive Never Heard of It, uh, make sure that you vet the source and that they're not giving you some sort of counterfeit bullshit and that they're not some sort of crook. We don't need no rats. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, thanks a lot for listening, everyone, and we will see you next time.
1: I feel like there's a New York has enough rats already joke there.
0: Ah, we missed it.